Hello and welcome to the Wadfam Chalkpod. I'm Dylan Weaver. And I'm Andrew Sabo. And Andrew doesn't work here anymore. Nope. This is his last episode, guys. I fired him. <laughs> yep, and there is no severance. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Buy merch now so Andrew can eat dinner. <laughs> no, no, you don't see a cent of that merch money, man. That's, that's, that's just lying in my pockets. <laughs> no, it's lining Focus's pockets. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> <sighs> All right, uh, we're talking about episode 278, The Fifth House on the Left, part one. Okay, Dylan, I listened to this episode three times. If I listen to part two two times, does that count as listening to The Fifth House on the Left five times total? Sure, Andrew, I'll count it. Frick yeah. <laughs> I mean, the fact that focus, that like there's a note which is like... From McCusker being like, you know, we had actually wait. Let me let me pull this up. I don't think I've read this one yet. Um, McCusker's note about the whole like they were like we're gonna have these six road trip episodes. They're all going to have like a numerical name rather than a part number. So they start with firsthand experience, you know, mm-hmm. that whole bit. And then he's like, he's like, unfortunately, I could not come up with anything for the last one so we just made it the fifth house on the left part one and part two and then he said about a month after it was broadcast i thought of the perfect title six on the richter scale (laughs) that's really good (laughs) i was gonna say uh sixth the landing but (laughs) i don't know andrew is that bad? That's terrible. <laughs> or is it good? <laughs> oh. oh man. Uh this is yeah, this is an episode. Let me tell you. Did you have any recollection of this one? Nope. Continuing in the trend of not remembering any of the road trip episodes, I truly think that I have only heard bits and pieces of this album. Through like the flashbacks? Correct. Yeah, that's so makes it'll sense. be fun when we cover the, like as as we finish this out mm-hmm. with with wit's departure and whatnot to actually hear that stuff in whole and yeah. maybe it'll strike a memory for me but i will say i did get a bit ahead of myself and uh and i i looked ahead at what episodes we're covering and we definitely get into some very familiar territory for me very soon um that being said I do remember parts of this one. Not all of it, though. <laughs> Could not remember all of it. I like that you're implying that you, like, cheated. The list of what we're covering is public. That's fair. Like, people who don't do this <laughs> I, show. I looked ahead. <laughs> people who don't do this show have the list. You can look at the list however often you want, Andrew. Are you sure? Yeah. I thought that that would take away from uh, uh, this this wonderful pizzazz (laughs) that the raw, unfiltered takes bring to the table. I've got stories about coming episodes, but we'll talk about those when we come to those episodes. Darn straight. But in this in this episode, uh, I'm not going to start giving con or I'm not going to start talking about the episode because we still have context to do. It's written and directed by Paul McCusker, which is unfortunate. Um, (laughs) It. Who would you prefer it be written by? Someone who I don't feel any affection towards. That's that's fair. Oh, so you don't like this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not to show my hand, but, uh... <laughs> all right, we'll see you, I'll see you all at the end when me and Dylan fight. <laughs> oh, boy. 
<laughs> you thought watching Jake Paul box was entertaining. <laughs> Have you ever listened to podcasters beat each other up? <laughs> uh, look, you know, I can't imagine that we'll end on on this is just this is my revenge for uh for the the, the treasure uh, the, room no not the oh the treasure room i thought you were gonna say the science club the one that i picked that you were like that's oh. the worst no no no, no. <laughs> but me not liking this and you liking it yes would be the opposite of when i loved the treasure room and, and you, you were like hated uh, it. yeah yeah i thought it was a stupid <laughs> Great episode. I stand by it. It's the best split episode. I need to stop censoring myself, honestly. <laughs> no, you, you make less work for me. I Thank appreciate you. it. Okay. Um, Love you, Dylan. You're hearing this in post. <laughs> so there, there's a bunch of cast members who are new in this episode, and unfortunately, like none of them are like particularly interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, the most interesting is the um Maureen Davis who's playing Kelsey here mm-hmm. also played um H- Holly in Soplessly Devoted that we covered with Patrick. Oh. Which is like the right, the yeah, Hollywood um, yeah. like let's make fun of yeah. people who, who are from you know yeah, Hollywood. Ditzy. Right, which is what this episode's doing. And she like it's funny just that they got her to reprise that role later. Yeah. Um, but none of the other people are particularly note uh, noteworthy in my. Mm. We have uh, Louisa Leshen as Angela. We have Jerry Dexter as Foster. He's the father, the mm. patriarch. We have Rosalind Robertson as Tammy. She is the maid, but has the same last name. <laughs> no. Isn't Tammy the Angela's the maid? Oh, Angela's Tammy, the maid. Tammy's the kid. Tammy's the kid. Like the I young, the, the young kid. Yes, the the one from his third marriage. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, she is notable only in that she was a voice in the Electric Christmas episode of the video series that we covered. Oh, interesting. So, uh, yeah, I mean that's sure. her like only other credit. Oh, but less but yeah. interesting. And then and then we have Corey Burton, longtime favorite, um, pulling a triple duty here as Dr. Keenan, as the PA announcer, and as the radio announcer. Yeah, just a lot of announcing voices for Corey. Uh, but I mean, he's a good announcer. No, he does a great job. And honestly, I do think that the way that this episode opens up with the announcer is nice. But before we do that, we should roll the promo. Oh, wow. Look at that. Elegant. Coming up on the next adventure in Odyssey, Bernard and Eugene's road trip takes them to Hollywood, the land of fantasy and stardom. While our dynamic duo seems out of step by Hollywood standards, only they can keep their wits when everything literally starts falling apart. Learn the value of solid foundations next time on Adventures in Odyssey. Learn the value of solid foundations. <laughs> yep. Boy. <laughs> I, yeah, I assume this promo is for the both parts. Yeah, yeah. But that is that sure is something. That sure is something. I do love the Bruce Springsteen music behind it. <laughs> Very dancing in the dark, and I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, so like I said, this episode begins with a uh, radio announcer um well it begins with bernard and eugene in the 
inside the new truck that he yep. just traded in and there's a radio announcer saying uh what was it big al who's what's the mentioned car dealer that uh went to school with bernard what's his name big bargain bill big bargain bill is he on the radio no no it's an ad for big bargain bill oh I yeah, yeah i don't think i caught that oh three times you know you yeah. <laughs> pick up on it uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> yeah big bargain bill is the guy who bernard bought the the, the truck from it's uh you know he he graduated from odyssey high with bernard which mm-hmm. is an interesting backstory and lovely like, we know that bernard has never left odyssey yeah that's so. actually real oh wow yeah i don't think that yeah, I hadn't realized it before. As someone who basically has never left his hometown, uh, I you know respect it. But yeah, hey, <laughs> I'm not I'm not here Same to dunk on Bernard. No, but, certainly not. Um, but yeah, it's just like interesting piece of uh, backstory. Uh, this car, his brand new car, has ten thousand miles on it. But mm-hmm. Big Bargain Bill drove it himself, <laughs> or um, is claimed to. I don't know. I thought that was kind of a joke, right? Uh, maybe I don't know. <laughs> Was it I mean, funny? Like, I feel like, but I feel like car dealers like having a, grabbing a car, driving it around for a yeah, year, yeah. then selling it is yeah. kind of normal. Yeah. Well, and if you knew him personally, it, it would right. make sense that his personal car you'd get a good deal on. Yeah. So. Yeah. Love to but, see Big Bargain Bill coming through for us. But is it that good a deal? Because Eugene estimates that estimates estimates because Eugene estimates that not counting for the missed work. Mm-hmm. Bernard has saved $17. Yes. And then Bernard explains that they're going to Hollywood, and Eugene's like, ah, I did not take that into my calculation. Calculation. Also, they stopped at Disneyland on the way in. Yeah, yeah. For some reason, one, name-dropping Disneyland yeah. canonically exists within Odyssey, uh-huh. I suppose. But I guess if they can do Hollywood, it makes sense to... And this is down in, in San San Diego. So mm-hmm. they came in yeah. through Anaheim, yeah. down to San Diego, are now going back through Hollywood. Yeah, they need uh, they need to take uh, Route sixty six on the way back, right? Isn't that the whole point of the movie Cars? <laughs> I'm asking genuinely. I don't know. Dylan, have you seen Cars? I have. I love Cars. Okay, wonderful. <laughs> Great movie. <laughs> anyway, so. Uh, the whole re- Bernard's motivations here are interesting. He's just like he's got to go do his he touristy says nickel stuff. And dime he, thinking. <laughs> he wants to. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. He doesn't. Yeah, he's like yeah. You know, it's about the journey. It doesn't matter. Like the deal is still worth it. And you know, I I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bernard's like we got to go to Hollywood because I want to go see all of these different houses mm-hmm. and um which is just such a weird thing it is i know people do it do, do they i've only ever seen it referred to in movies but it That's is true. like a trope that i see frequently in yeah. movies so he's going to hip hopson's house yep <laughs> i um, thought that that was about to be a like a like a rapper's name i was well i mean fully right. in, it, anticipating yep. such it really feels like it is but uh, but no, and we uh, so we know about hip hopson. We do, yes, because in the oh man, it's it's one of the split episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it's Chain Reaction, where Bernard's house gets broken into, 
and his hip hop thing collection is missing. And he makes a comment about like, I don't know if it's missing or if just my wife hit it. <laughs> oh. So I'm, I'm glad to see the hip hops and seed planted Lovely all the way runner. back here. Yeah, this must be a, this has got to be a Paul McCusker thing, right? <laughs> I mean, I did he write Chain Reaction? I don't think he did. I think that's a younger script. But regardless... I, it just seems like, I don't know, I hope that there is, like, an Odyssey Bible of references. Oh, like, yeah. Like, here are all of the established <laughs> characters who are not in the show, but who we can refer to. Here are all the bands. Here's the one video game. Yeah. Here's, you know, we got hip-hops and we got Zapazoids. What else Gloobers. do we Can't well, forget Gloobers. I guess not. But. And I think, uh, doesn't. Isn't Hal technically a game? Hal? Or not H- Hallie in the one? My girl Hallie? My She's girl a computer. Hallie. Yeah. She's not a game. Uh, true. She's my computer girlfriend, Andrew, and I would like you to treat her with some respect. <laughs> Anything you wish, Dylan. I'm so sorry to have offended you. She's purple, and I love her. <laughs> <laughs> I do see that you, uh, oh, you got rid of the Mac Mini. No, did it? No, we're, we're recording on the Mac Mini right now. Exactly. So is the Mac Mini Hallie? No. Hallie's Hallie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Hallie's always been Hallie. Uh-huh. Anyway. Um, <laughs> I don't know what this, this is podcast so is anymore. <laughs> so... So look, he's going to. We're just nervous about the fight at the end. <laughs> they're looking. They're looking for hip hopson's house, mm-hmm. and he's this. He's an old cowboy singer that that Bernard loves, and yeah. Eugene doesn't know about. And so they're driving around Beverly Hills, which is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Andrew, I'm so mad. I had it in my notes to play that instead of the promo, <laughs> and then I forgot. Oh. <laughs> uh... Man, you could have played Beverly Hillbillies. That that actually would be very no, but I, but no, I gotta I, I gotta play Weezer, man. Like <laughs> okay, fair. I don't have a choice. <laughs> if Beverly Hills is mentioned, this is the only thing I'm thinking about. <laughs> is Weezer? Yeah, I'm not thinking about the Beverly Hillbillies. I'm not thinking about you know Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-mm. Although also do. Anyway, but but no, I'm all I'm always I'm always thinking Beverly Hills. That's where I want to be. Oh yeah, gimme gimme living in Beverly Hills. So yeah, as soon as Bernard said that, I was like, well, Q Weezer. Yep. Anyways, uh, he can't. They they get there, and there's like a golf court rather than. Uh, wow, golf court, a golf court, <laughs> not a <laughs> my favorite, not a tennis court. That's not what a, top not golf, a golf is course. basically <laughs> a golf court. Yeah. Um. No. So there is no there's no tennis. <laughs> there's a tennis court where hip hop since the house used to be, mm-hmm. and this is when Eugene points out at the map. This is from 1957, which yeah. makes sense because every reference in this episode is also so from, from 1957. 1957. <laughs> Hip-hop's cowboy singer, presumably from the radio. 
I think is explicitly stated as much. Yeah. And yeah. And so Bernard's like, well, I'm going to take a look mm-hmm. and like gets out of his, out of his car mm-hmm. to go see if he can get a closer look. And there is once again, an out of control driver. Yes. We ended uh- <laughs> last episode we started last episode mm-hmm. with an out-of-control driver. Mm-hmm. We ended last episode with an out-of-control driver. Here is yet another out-of-control out driver. driver. And uh, Eugene almost dies. But this is before, and we, we are getting ahead of ourselves, there's a wonderful little dialogue between uh, Bernard and Eugene where uh, Eugene's trying to convince Bernard not to trespass and sure. <laughs> to mind people's privacy. And Bernard's like, I don't want to have dinner with them. I just want to climb up this wall and see what's going on. Fair. Anyway, yeah. then, then Eugene gets almost hit by a car. Yep. And, and is it the same sound effects? Because it sounds very similar. Sure. And then we make it inside the house and we meet the family. Mm-hmm. Because we, we cut to that. Um, and it's it's uh, not Tammy. What's the other one? Kelsey. Kelsey. It's Kelsey apologizing mm-hmm. again and again for... It came around the curb too fast. Yeah, exactly. And her dad being like, oh, we're going to get you checked out by a mm-hmm. doctor and all this. Eugene's like, I only bumped my head. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, then he, they, uh, they all have the California-iest accent. Yeah. In a way that is so, like, mean-spirited. It's so, yeah, I will say just derivative and derogatory. <laughs> like, it's like, how can we imbue as much disdain for these people as we possibly can? Like, in the same way that they go over the top to make the Hispanic housekeeper loving and affectionate. Like, they do that for these people as well. Yep, yep. To the point where, right, so you, this guy, Forrest? Uh, Foster. Foster, Foster and introduces home. himself and you know says that he's a filmmaker and Eugene's like, oh, I know your name. Your films are boycotted in Odyssey. Odyssey. Yeah, and he goes, ah, good for publicity. Which love to see it. <laughs> oh man, this is where Focus got the idea. <laughs> so... We make people mad. <laughs> they can't help but talk about us. <laughs> yeah. And give us money for years on end. Oh, man. Maybe we should have Andrew-tated them and just ignored it till it went away. <laughs> the <laughs> Romanian police took care of it. Is there any way that we I can don't know enough Romanian to understand police? that joke, but oh, you don't need to explain it. Okay. Let the listeners have that one. I'm just letting you know that I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, it's a real zinger. The listeners are laughing so hard. <laughs> <laughs> then Bernard decides to jump into the hot tub. And well, he's never been in one before, and he he peeks and sees it. Like he br- brings yes. it up. <laughs> yep, he begs to go in, and they're like, "Yes, absolutely." Here, well, the housekeeper will get you a swimsuit, and yeah. then you can go in. And while he's doing that, Kelsey looks at Eugene from the side and is like, "Look, Daddy, his profile—it's <laughs> perfect." He looks just like the guy you're looking to cast, Cassio or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know that's not his name, but I'm going no, with No, no, I think it, it is. Is he, is he a calculator? He's not a calculator. He's, it's something. No, he's an accountant. He's a corrupt accountant. No, no, no. Cassio is a kind of calculator is the, is oh. the joke I'm making. But 
I did not get that joke, Dylan. I need to let you know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look. So he looks... Um, Caspio. Caspio. <laughs> Lovely. Right. He, he looks just like Caspio. And so, which is the guy that we're trying to, you know, this character mm-hmm. in Biker Bimbos from Belleville Go Bonkers. Yes. Yes. And <laughs> I kind of can't believe this show says bimbos. <laughs> Me too. Multiple times. Yeah. It's not the weirdest thing this episode says. We're about to get to that. <laughs> but. Oh boy. But yeah. yeah. The so title Eugene, of this film. <laughs> Eugene gets carted off to the hot or the doctor shows up to mm-hmm. give you with an x-ray in the back of his car yeah to like make sure eugene's okay so they can clear him to go to this movie mm-hmm. meanwhile bernard is talking to tammy who's the youngest kid mm-hmm. and she's he's like oh you know you oh i'm here like she comes in is like who are you why are you in my hot tub Mm -hmm. and he's like oh you know your your sister almost hit my friend and your dad said it was okay and she's like he's not she's not my sister yeah that's she's the daughter of his first wife and i'm the daughter of his third wife so we're stepsisters and i'm just like what step sibling ever talks like that though it is it's pure like Right, this episode is is entirely caricatures. Yeah, it's it is just coded one so dimensional. Heavily. Like we don't like yeah. Hollywood, yeah. so we are going to get a bunch of digs into mm-hmm. all of the stereotypes. Mm-hmm. And there's not going to be humor derived from that. There's going to be scorn. Yeah, lots of scorn and uh, condescension. Yeah, I'm fine also- with stereotypes if they're jokes. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> Wait a minute. I shouldn't have agreed. Dylan, I didn't get that joke. Dylan, I didn't get that joke. We did an I didn't get that joke buzzer. Yes. Just get us or out a of a t-shirt. Situation. I feel like that's actually not too bad. Dylan, I didn't, I didn't get, get that, that joke. joke. Then we can sell an Andrew. I didn't get that joke. Yeah. It'll be like the Google all over again where you'll completely destroy me. Oh, it was all just me. I bought them all. That's why I have no money. Uh, <laughs> so the, yeah. So no, well, I would like to say, and I feel obligated to chime in, there is a lot of shots taken at therapists in this episode, and I am not okay with it. <laughs> just like, I'm going to be talking to my therapist about this for weeks. Oh my gosh, dad, I really just need to see my therapist. I'm like, this is wonderful. Actually, great. Don't make fun of people who are trying to better their mental health. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe it's because it came out in 1994, or maybe it's because they're dumb. Yeah. And then Bernard offers to tell her a story about a prince, and she says, if the story isn't made into a movie or a TV show, it's not worth hearing. That's what my dad says. Again, no human being has Talks ever... Like that. Yeah. But she also, she does come in and she's like, you don't even know who... I, you don't know who I am? I mean, yeah. all these shows and mm-hmm. what? It's just... Uh, yeah. No, it's ridiculous. They they are trying to make me hate all these characters, mm-hmm. and as a result, I'm just hating them. Yeah. No, I actually kind of like the characters. I, <laughs> I hate focus. <laughs> yeah. And so, right, so we then jump to a, a party. So Eugene mm-hmm. is, they're going over to the producer of the show, or of this movie, movie yeah. of Biker Bimbos, 
And I feel weird saying biker bimbos. Biker bimbos, bingo, yeah. Biker bimbos from Bellevue go bonkers. It's the no, four B's. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. I, I'm just saying biker bimbos. I just, I don't love bimbos. Uh, it's been reclaimed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on bimbo talk, and I can say that people are uh, are confidently calling themselves bimbos and bim, uh, bimbifying themselves and such. It's one thing if they're calling them that. Yeah, that's fair. They don't need me. No. No. But I I mean, I I strongly identify with the himbo stereotype. Oh, do you now, Andrew? <laughs> yes, you can't guess that by anything about All right. me. So going forward, we're going to refer to the film as Hiker Himbos. <laughs> From Hellview, get honkers. Uh-huh. <laughs> so so the the whole deal is that so so they're at, so they're going to this guy but because they're going to be late and there's like contention between the director and the producer who's her father's the producer and she's like I'm going to take Eugene there and we're going to put him in this movie. She's like, you know, is he going to like that? She's like, yeah, it'll be fine. We'll get him a sandwich on the way. So they go to this party <laughs> to get him a sandwich and while they're there, she at one point like has she has like an interaction with another person where she like compliments yeah her dress by saying that like oh that looks so good on you i couldn't wear that i'd look like a tramp in that mhm yeah 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 i could i could never get away with that i would look so i think it was, i'd look trampy or no like i'd tramp. look like a tramp a tramp lovely we get tramp in this episode yeah that is 1957 huh but it also just feels like a little too like aggressive (laughs) yeah it feels like not 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 necessarily something that focus would say well and certainly and it's all like it, it it's all so over the top and serving the purpose of everything here is just so superficial we can say one thing and then directly say to the camera that we don't mean it and it's like yeah i can see why that's like frustrating and exhausting i i don't really like this episode for the characters other than bernard and eugene and even bernard's a bit dicey this one yeah so bernard's in in the gets invited in Mm -hmm. the house for dinner he gets treated like a house guest right and he and tammy have dinner and then tammy says that or Bernard thanks Angela for mm-hmm. dinner at the end and Tammy doesn't and mm-hmm. Bernard like lectures her yeah and is like you know I the I'm not gonna tell you this story unless you yeah you know unless you respond with your polite manners right to like your yep and so she's like but why would I have to thank her you know she's just getting paid for this and I'm like it's like I've met people like that. No, I know. It's not it's not that these people don't exist and that that doesn't suck because they do and it does. It's just the whole thing that Focus is painting here yeah. Yeah. is everyone in Odyssey is perfect. Mm-hmm. Even even the bad kids are still like much better. Right, are still nice to the nicer than the normal kids everywhere else and yeah. especially in like the hellhole that is hollywood mm-hmm. as opposed to like our beautiful middle america where <laughs> nothing bad has ever happened to anybody nope no cults or uh, uh train wrecks or uh poison water or uh 
coal mine collapses or uh, racism, racism or uh, <laughs> yeah, climate change or uh, tornadoes. <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, I just yeah, it really really rubs me the wrong way. And so mm-hmm. then there were Tammy and Bernard. Like he start he's gonna tell her this story, and she's like, oh oh oh, is it gonna be a story like? she says like oh it's got an angel on it like mm-hmm. it's a wonderful life yeah and like or she's like and and the or or is it going to be like Cary grant or invasion of the body snatchers and i'm like all of your references are, are 50 so years old. old yeah like at least 30 years old as of recording no, the episode 50 years old oh, at recording oh my god Really? <laughs> From the 90s? Those are references to the 40s? Yes, oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's 50 years. Like, yep, you'd be right there. Like, wow. it is... Your target audience is eight-year-olds, huh? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It's just... It's absolutely... Uh, like, I... Yeah. I don't know what it is, but they're like... in the Even in this cesspool, mm-hmm. the only culture that they have is... It's, it's back when things were good yeah. in America. In the 40s. Right. And 50s, yep. when we didn't allow back people when of I'm... color to settle near us. Right. Back when America was great and segregated mm-hmm. and... So uh... prominent in the global eye. Yeah. Waging... Not at the expense of anybody. Right. Waging face false war in the Southeast. <laughs> Southeast Asia. Like, well, whatever. Like, no, we were great. Um, and oh. so, yeah, then... Right. Angela is like, you know, mm-hmm. I'd like to hear this story too. And Bernard's like, you under, or Bernard starts telling the story and then he and Angela are talking and she was like, I like the story. Mm-hmm. And Bernard in the most condescending way, mm-hmm. is just like, you know, the story's about Jesus. Yeah. And, and, she's uh, like, uh, and she's like, yes, no, I'm also a Christian, but it's just like, I, I don't know. It, mm-hmm. There's just something about, like, is, I know, it's very is this yeah. made smart enough to understand that what I am, like, they both want to celebrate this maid, mm-hmm. but also be like, she's not intelligent. Right. Yeah. Or, well, and the thing, yeah. Don't get me started on the treatment of poor Angela in this episode, because oh, don't worry, she we'll... gets done dirty. Yeah, yeah, by the writers of this show, not mm-hmm. by any characters. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> And so, yeah, Angela's like, you know, I am a Christian, but I would be fired if I was if I told this story. Mm-hmm. So, and Bernard's like, well, then I'll, you know, have to tell it because, you know, or she, no, she even suggests she's like, but you can't get fired. You, you could only, you know, you, you don't, you don't work here. And so he's like, oh, okay, you know, and start and framing, framing the, the story of Jesus as the story of the great prince is bizarre yeah it's it's some real um pseudo 90s cloaked language of like yes we are you two eye winking that this is about love but it's really about god and this is not even doing that to like a great extent because they're trying to show that they're covering it up yeah it's just it's this weird thing where i'm like like I understand that Prince of Peace is like a title given to God. Like I, I'm like I like I like, yeah. like I like I'm like I get that. But the weirdness and I understand like 
God the Father, Jesus the Son. Like, I understand mm-hmm. these dynamics, but there's something weirder about framing it as, like, God's the king and Jesus is the prince. Yeah. No, that is... That, that just, is... like, I was like, this is, like, a bizarre... Sure. Whatever. Well, I'm, I would say that it is very indicative of the theology of uh, a lot of certain i will say certain denominations in the midwest and such where there's a oh much... right now you're gonna stereotype yeah oh like, yeah all those midwesters <laughs> all those midwesterners and their fundamentalism it's not like uh all the dutch from uh dutch dutchland <laughs> deutschland came over and brought all their strange ideas with them um yeah we're just we're just hating on all the people today <laughs> yep Go for the Dutch. Go for California. Anyways. Women, we still love you. <laughs> Jeez. Um, our longest running joke. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason. Uh, and, yeah. So so then we jump back to Eugene and Kelsey. Mm-hmm. Um, and Eugene reveals that he has absolutely no interest in being a movie star. Mm-hmm. They, they, they come in, the guy does like one scene, and then's like, great, we got it, leaves for the day, everybody they pack also, up. They forgot his food, uh, right, and he's like, it's food. the thought that counts, and it's, yeah, it's brutal. Yeah. Yep. And yeah, he just, he's like, look, I'm uncomfortable with like all this artifice. Everyone in this town is, is acting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and. Uh, He's like, don't you see that? Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, yeah, but it's just the way it is around mm-hmm. here. Like, y- you cope by being power enough that you can create your own world. Yeah, and it's like, man, this is such a flattening of what is happening. Yeah, well, and it's such a narrow view of the perspective of like making art and yes. the film industry, especially in Hollywood. And I think, I don't know. Like, I wonder if just how much things have changed in the last few years mm-hmm. like in my lifetime as far as like the perception of hollywood versus like the rest of the world or whatever mm-hmm. just like in that i don't i don't feel like the vanity angle is quite what it used to be or i think it's more maybe, diluted if if yeah. i i like what i would say is that based on what i know about la never been there um is that like it's very superficial like there is a lot of very surface level type relationships and it's very like like a lot of not talking about the reality i'm talking about like the public perception yeah like would they still be making these same no not to this extent this wouldn't be the way they would portray that hollywood is bad today they'd be like everyone's liberal but they wouldn't be like Maybe I don't know, or maybe no, so not. I just like, and I would like to cite SNL. They Pedro Pascal just hosted, and he did like a bit where he comes out of a coma and he talks like somebody from Southern LA, okay. and like that's like the joke is that people from Southern LA talk like they have this ridiculous accent. Sure, ac- accent. <laughs> they have this. Uh, they have a ridiculous accent, and they're very snooty and all of that. And it's you know it's kind yeah. of like the too rich for your own good plant medicine yogi type situation sure sure i just i i think and i I think maybe this is partially informed by just like i'm obviously someone who cares about film Mm -hmm. and that is you know no certainly still revolves around hollywood but also i listen to a lot of podcasts of people 
hosted by people who live in either LA or mm-hmm. New York. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's way it's very easy for me to see those as human beings. Yeah, exactly. And I can Yeah, I'm just kind of reflecting on I guess right. You go back 30 years should they still be like should they still be making an more of an effort than they are absolutely mm-hmm. is this episode still one dimensional absolutely but there's also maybe a greater public perception mm-hmm. of oh yeah this is all there is out there because mm-hmm. right because if you never have an interaction not that listening to a podcast is having an interaction with someone but it is like if you never expose yourself to different stories and different perceptions, then you're never going to have your framework challenged. Right. Yep. Anyway. Um, That's on counseling and therapy. Yeah. And Something so, not to be disparaged. Yeah. And then Eugene makes a, you know, a comment about this. Disparaged. And, and Kelsey's like, you know, Kelsey makes a comment that in retrospect is like, ha-ha, Paul McCusker is patting himself on the back for this mm-hmm. one. But she's just like, I don't, not only do I not know what would happen, I do not want to know mm-hmm. what would happen yeah. if this world collapsed. Mm-hmm. It's an earthquake episode, Andrew. Guess what's going to happen? <laughs> it's going to freaking collapse. It's going to fall. Because yep. your foundations aren't strong yep. on the Lord. So then we jump back to the bedroom where <laughs> Bernard is where Bernard is is telling Tammy this story mm-hmm. and Tammy's like, you know, you know, does Jesus live inside you? Mm-hmm. And Bernard's like, Yeah, and he's like, And you? Gesturing towards Angel, and she's like, Yes. And then like Foster steps out from the dark and is yeah. like, you're fired. Yep. Goodbye. Yeah. Put, no, he says, put my daughter to bed and you're fired. Don't come back. Like, right. Absolute intolerance. Not even a second thought. Like, just treats Angelo like just straight garbage. Yep. And then we jump back to uh, Kelsey and Eugene mm-hmm. and Kelsey makes some comment about like, ah, oh, you really want to go back to your Mayberry? Mm, yeah. Because we got to get that joke in Thank at you. some point, um, and he's like, "No, like, he's like, yes, yeah, I, I like Odyssey, you know, whatever." And you know, I don't know, maybe you would too if you ever give it gave it a shot. And then there's yeah. an earthquake. Mm-hmm. Um, what? What's also both times the people who live in LA say or Hollywood mm-hmm. say what's happening, mm-hmm. and then. In this instance, Eugene responds, and in the next scene, Bernard responds and explains it's an earthquake. The, the people <laughs> from the Midwest are the ones who are like, everyone else is startled, and they're like, no, it's just an earthquake. <laughs> Come on. What is this? What is this regional speciality? <laughs> so then we jump back, mm-hmm. and it's and Bernard talking to Foster, mm-hmm. and... He's just like, you can't fire Angela for that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and which you're right. He can't mm-hmm. um, just goes off about it. And then he he's and then we like hear him start to say to himself, like, I worked hard to raise my daughter as part of a pluralistic society and I resent. And then there's an earthquake. Yep. And Bernard explains that it's an earthquake. <laughs> and my biggest note for this episode and the thing that I thought when I heard that line in particular, 
the pluralistic society one correct yeah but the i i worked so hard to raise my daughter as part of a pluralistic society i think that evangelical writers in this case paul mccusker focus on the family whatever are really bad at writing atheists yeah (laughs) because they believe because in their imagination they are just as zealous Mm -hmm. as evangelicals yep it couldn't just be the result of perhaps previous trauma relationship with god deteriorating over time but like i the idea that he is that this man is upset Mm -hmm. At the name of Um, the word Jesus being spoken by his housekeeper to Mm -hmm. where he fires her. Yeah. No, that's the kind of behavior that they're like, we're so thankful we live in America because we can talk about Jesus here and not like in, you know, those Saudis or whatever where you can't say the name of Jesus without getting fired. But the point I'm making is that if Paul McCusker walked in and his housekeeper was telling his child about evolution, this would be his response. Yeah, no, 100%. But I don't think the opposite is true. I don't think that this would be the response of Foster Mm -hmm. in this situation. And I think that that is part of the... Like part of the way in which they really struggle on this show and in other like evangelical media to capture the other side mm-hmm. is that they always are operating under this assumption that they are just as like fundamentalist mm-hmm. as they are. Yeah. And it just really struck me here because even the idea that well, also, He's saying, I worked hard to raise my daughter as part of a pluralistic society, and then saying, but not this version of pluralism. Yeah. And so, like, it is like a... And, haha, we can laugh at this guy for being oxymoronic and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, I think it's just so fundamental to the understanding that the writers of... Like... The writers are going, Mm. if I put myself in the shoes of someone who is the opposite of me, how would I respond? And then are responding exactly Exactly the way they would respond. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't make sense. It doesn't translate. And it doesn't create compelling characters, unfortunately. Um, I, yeah, I, I just, I, I feel that it's in... It's it's this perceived idea that because Christianity is right, that makes it the most threatening religion, or that it is mm. like that. Th- <laughs> it's going to have the biggest target on its back because it is the absolute truth, right? Yep. And um, I think that if you open your eyes a bit to learn about what people have been saying about institutionalized religion for last hundred years or so like a lot of people across a lot of different faiths have a lot of problems with religion for a lot of similar and different reasons so (laughs) you if you look at it with any amount of intelligence you have to acknowledge that complexity of the situation but it's really hard to get the zingers about you know uh it's a wonderful life and such invasion of the body snatchers uh, across if 
you know, if you're actually making these characters comprehensive and giving right. them a backstory for like why why is he anti-christian i mean right. if 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 this is the hill they're gonna die on i really hope they give him a reason to be such sure but it's just like nothing is these characters are not fleshed out they're so one-dimensional and it feels like they are not the audience they're playing to mm-hmm. are also not people who have been exposed to these people exactly and so it is truly just a it feels like almost like propaganda (laughs) well no it feels like preaching to the choir hey let's all dunk on these people yeah because if can you imagine being a kid who is growing up in southern california and hearing that and turning this episode on like no way is this gonna win you over to the gospel, even though there's a gospel presentation. Like this is entirely Christians pumping themselves up about mm-hmm. how they are better yeah. than those people over there. Consumerist materialists, we don't do any of that stuff over here. Right, and it just That's sucks. Not why we have huge because, churches or anything? Yeah, because but there are there is a story you could absolutely tell mm-hmm. about. Them going into California and running into people who are different than them. Yeah. But similar to how the other episode flattened academia mm-hmm. into, you know. Philosophical, non-spiritual right. sterility. Yeah. Yeah. Like this episode's doing the same thing with Hollywood. And it's yeah. just like, I I think Odyssey does far better mm-hmm. when it leaves Odyssey in the future. Mm. But in this series, mm-hmm. it is all about how Odyssey great com- yeah. Odyssey is and how much the rest of the world sucks. Yeah, They're either too small town and rural and dumb because they believe that their kids should grow up to be farmers mm-hmm. or they're too academic or they are too, you know... Artificial, it, superficial. Yeah. And it's just... Through and through, this whole road trip has been about how Odyssey is the best place, how everyone just needs to do it, do what we're doing, or Mm -hmm. get out of here. Yeah. And it really bothers me. And I... Yeah, it just... No, that's fair. It just is a whole... I like the episode only because of Eugene. I think that Eugene does a great job in this episode... Um, I like him trying to get Bernard to not leave his car and not do all of that. I like him asking to not get taken to the doctors and being curious about the x-ray machine. And yeah, I mean, his, I, I appreciate Eugene more in this episode because he's not a Christian yet. Yeah. Because he has a, a certain third party perspective where he's like, yeah, this is, I can clearly see from a non-spiritual objective, like, I'm not saying that you're sinning. I'm saying that you're putting a lot of time into relationships that don't seem to be fulfilling. Right. Yep. Yeah. Which, I, yeah, so, like, I like Eugene in this episode. I like the music. (laughs) I think the music's really fun. All of, like, the Hollywood fanfare, it does uh, feel nice. Uh, But, yeah, I'm excited for part two um, to see where they take these characters. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, I, I do like this episode significantly less than previous ones. 
because I just ragged on it for an hour. Yeah. And also, I mean, I, I listened to it so many times that like, I think my initial knee jerk reactions of like, oh my gosh, this is so bad. Got buried underneath the, oh, this is, I mean, there's fun jokes in here. What do I like? And, and such. And so I, I definitely do agree. And obviously all the stuff about psychology and therapists is just, it, it, it's shameful because at 1994, like, we were far enough as a society to recognize that that sort of thing is valuable, and yet we still had, you know, we still have so many voices that speak against it, and we, we still do today, so. Sure. Absolutely. Um, any uh, any other closing thoughts for this episode? No, I though? said my piece. Yeah, I, that's fair. Yeah. What, you got anything to plug? Um, do. Do, do you, you, you want to start out with a plug, Andrew? Sure. Uh, I'm going to plug a film that Dylan has not seen to my knowledge, <gasps> but I would like for him wow. to see. Wow. There are movies the Dylan hasn't seen. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, uh, yeah. Great, great movie. Um, came out in the sixties, I believe 1960. Oh, you're talking the original yeah, graduate. Yeah. The graduate. Oh, yeah. I was thinking the, I was thinking the, the, the later one. No, no, no. I've only ever seen the original because oh. Simon and Garfunkel and such, um, beautiful movie, very well shot. Uh, I'm watching it again right now for a film class. So I saw it once before I thought it was fantastic. And now I'm watching it again and I'm like, Oh yeah, this is really good. And, uh, yeah, I just think the cinematography in that movie is really fantastic, and it definitely paints a very um, compelling but minimalistic picture of, like, what life was like in the 60s for, like, young adults and stuff. Um, like, I definitely, as somebody that's about to graduate, sympathize with the main character who just doesn't know what to do with his life. <laughs> so... Uh, I don't anticipate on on shagging any mothers as as a means of figuring that out. Um, but yeah, it's still a great movie, great soundtrack. Highly recommend. Okay, uh, my recommendation because uh, I'm evil. Um, I am recommending Babylon. Oh, okay. I just scrolled back to make sure that I hadn't previously recommended Babylon. It does not appear I have, guys. I loved Babylon. It's so good. Um, but is it available anywhere? Uh, I don't know because uh, it, it it's it, it hasn't been out for that long. But for those of you who don't know, uh, Damien Chazelle, director of La La Land and Whiplash and First Man and Guy and Madeline on a Park Bench, um, all movies that I enjoy except for La La Land, which I have not seen. Um, it's a problem. I'll figure it out eventually. I I solved but, that problem before you did. I know. But anyways, he made a movie that started this year. Um, called Babylon that is all about Hollywood in oh. the, the 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 olden days of Hollywood. Okay, and like seventies. Oh no no no! Like thirties, twenties, twenties, thirties Hollywood man. Very it's, cool. Uh, it's so good. It is. Um, so yeah, just 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 to 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 for you guys to brace yourselves. Um, it is not for kids. Certainly. It is a, um, it's the, three hours. Oh yeah. Oh, oh buddy. It's so good. So the, 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 the first hour mm-hmm. is in 
is just like way over the top, exorbitant, like mm-hmm. excess, like debauchery. Isn't this mm-hmm. awful stuff? The middle hour is like the most beautiful, like making movies mm-hmm. is incredible and like captures it perfect, like just in. I shouldn't say perfect, like it just, but beautifully. Yeah. And I love it. And then the last act is like unhinged. You're going to be on the edge of your seat, like anxious throughout. Um, and oh. it's all about like movies, movies over the years. And it interesting starting in the silent era um, and ending in the, in, in uh, like, you know, 2009. Wow. Um, it really follows it the whole way through. Seriously. Um, okay, cool. And I don't, I can't fully abide by every choice that movie makes. Mm-hmm. But I abide by all choices made in The Graduate. <laughs> but it is, it's a movie that like I have thought about a ton. The mm-hmm. score is incredible. Yeah, uh, somebody can't... significant did it, didn't they? Well, so it's the same guy who does all of Chazelle's scores, and that's all he does. I believe it's Justin Hurwitz okay. um, is the guy. But anyways, good movie, good score, great performances. Freaking Diego Calva is unbelievable in in the lead. Um, anyways, go go watch the movie, and uh, and we'll see you again in a week for... Episode 279, The Fifth House on the Left, Part 2. Goodbye. Bye. Wadfam Chalkpod is a presentation of the Lidditz Podcast Co-op. This show is a fan podcast and has no official affiliation with Adventures in Odyssey or Focus on the Family. As such, the copyright is ours under Creative Commons. Follow the podcast at Wadfam Chalkpod on Twitter and Instagram. Or email us at wadfamchalkpod at gmail.com. The Fifth House on the Left, Part 1, was hosted by Dylan Weaver and Andrew Sabo, and edited by Dylan Weaver. And I'm Nathan Haverstick, hoping you'll join us again next time for more of the Wadfam Chalkpod.